Okay, let's make a start. Hello to those of you who haven't met before. I'm Lucy, I'm one of the careers advisors, and I'm your link with the history of art department. And you might have seen me as at talks like Job Hunting and Arts and Heritage or our Arts Media and Marketing Fair back in November. And I'm the person that you can book individual appointments with, if you'd like to, to talk about this kind of thing in more individual detail, if you would like to. I have a quick overview of what's going on today. So I'm going to start out with a little bit of a, a scene-setting exercise, thinking about the bigger picture and what do our history of our students do. So when you leave us, when you sadly leave us, um, you will get hounded to complete a survey saying, what did you go on to do? Um, and the results of that survey is something I can share with you, as well as some other tips for thinking about your what next questions after Oxford. And you can see we've got four fantastic speakers today. I've each asked them to talk about what they do, how they got to be able to do it, tips for those of you who are thinking of doing something similar, and what they'd wish they'd known when they were sitting where you are now. Um, and they've each got around 15 to 20 minutes to talk, and we'll have questions after each speaker and there's a whole panel right at the end as well. So do jot down questions as we go along. And we'll have a break in the middle, um, around here, to have some uh, tea and coffee and maybe even biscuits. <laughs> if we're very good, I think we get biscuits. Um, so what, what, do, what do you do? What do History of Art students do? Well, reassuringly, you beat nearly any, every other humanities department. So I think we should feel slightly proud little bit of a rival maybe with some of the others because only three percent of us are still looking six months after finishing our course so this data is taken from the BAs but it's roughly comparable with the um, master in history of art um, so there's a few people combining work and study but the vast majority do go into um, work initially and this is what they do which I don't know if people find that surprising did you expect that this segment would be bigger did you expect that maybe there's people from history of art that have forged a career in investment banking? An incredibly numerate discipline, you could argue. I find that slightly reassuring in lots of ways, that in the UK in particular, our degrees don't really define who we are as people in the same ways that sometimes your major can do at a US university. There's a little bit more flexibility in the market. And actually, history of artists go on to do a huge range of different things. And part of your challenge, I guess, while you're here at Oxford, is to figure out a bit about what makes you tick, what might make it add up to one of these things rather than something else. And it's not just the world that you work in, it's also the work that you do. So just like you could become the finance manager at the Tate, you could also do something entirely different. And so we break it down by sectors and also by roles. The other being in a frustratingly large category there. But lots of people doing communications type jobs, teachers, trainers, customer services people, front of house. There's lots of people in operational or project roles, which could be anything from running um, the layout of an exhibition. I saw a, a job go up yesterday on our service for someone who's an eight-day eight job to design the layout of an exhibition. Interesting. Um, as well as IT and finance and law and all kinds of different areas as well. The average starting salary was £17,550. Do people think it would be higher? Or There's a few people optimistically going, I thought it would be higher. <laughs> and realistically, I think, given the sectors that we work in, if we go back, this large chunk isn't renowned for having the highest starting salaries. So there might well be something to think about if that's a really important factor for you, how it weighs into your career decisions. 
but actually you can see the breadth of people uh, of employers that people go on to work for everyone from national government and that's not just the UK national government and it's not even just working in culture related departments within national government it's people who forged a career in foreign affairs and diplomacy and there was someone who was working in the Department of Work and Pensions all kinds of different areas it's people like um, Cassiope Sidoriak who founded her own um, social enterprise the Bri Broken Spoke Bike Co-op getting a tier one graduate visa as an American student to stay and run that which is all the way one street away in Pembroke Street. Um, so really, really broad. LinkedIn is a fantastic resource. And if anyone is thinking, this is quite interesting just for ideas, you can go into LinkedIn. And on that top search bar, in that drop-down menu, there's an option for universities. And you get to this page. And you can click on the word, explore careers of 100,000 alumni. And then you can see those filter fields that are underneath it. You've got two screens worth of those, and you can filter for people that have done history of art, although I think LinkedIn calls it art history in a kind of obstinate fashion. Um, but you can see what everyone who does art history from the University of Oxford goes on to do. And given the fact that it's so broad, that might prove food for thought, maybe. As well as, indeed, who works in the sectors that you're interested in from across the range of Oxford graduates. Um, on the Career Service website, the Career Connect bit, some of you might be familiar with, to log on has an alumni database, so there's 2,000 alumni who would like to be helpful. Occasionally they ring us up and say, no one has, no one has emailed us, is what I do not call. I had, um, just this week it's sticking in my mind, the writer-director of White Oleander for ITV, Peter Kosminski, had a fantastic writing producing career. Um, he sent me an email to say, I never get asked, is what I do not call. So ask people, make them feel warm and fluffy. Um, and it, that can be one way of deciding what to do next. So this is not a, a particularly sexy diagram, in my opinion. It's not that kind of exciting idea that you'll walk down the middle of Queen Street and suddenly a beam of light will shine upon you. But excellent, I know, must go into curatorial work. It's suddenly I'll, I'll have a dawning realisation. For most people, it's a little bit of a shuttling between figuring out a bit about what makes us tick and that can be through first-hand experience from events like this today and reading a little bit about those industries. So I have the guide to arts and heritage here. If anyone's not got a copy, feel free to take one. They are genuinely better read online because I think I added up the links and there's over 150 different web links in there. So maybe the online version might be more suitable. But there's that, there's the careers, uh, creative arts briefing. We do about 45 about the different sectors. So you might want to download that for further thought. And if you're finding it hard to review, filter and decide on what next, that might be a time to book an appointment. So we do daily group discussions twice a day in a nice circle of chairs. Sometimes there are biscuits. If, if, if we've been very good, sometimes there are biscuits. Um, and anyone can ask a question or give an answer. So it's a democratic discussion around a given topic. We call those career lounges. We also do individual appointments, including Skype and the vacation. And you have us for life, which is a reassuring thing. So use this, that if you need to. Um, and I might suggest if someone's coming at this in a completely not quite sure what next fashion, there's a, a kind of example plan of action. It's not what you have to do. But you might want to start out by reading online. You might want to attend talks like this, and there's lots more that go on during your time at Oxford as well. And maybe start thinking about getting some first-hand experience. And I think today we might hear a little bit about people's experience of getting that first-hand experience. Um, and when you're ready to apply, you can always 
particularly if it's your first application, come and talk to us. We can help double check your applications and make sure that you're feeling happy with it. Um, one thing you could do, if this is all feeling baffling, is I used to teach Year 7. And with Year 7, we teach them smart targets, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, time-sensitive targets, which means you're not going to say, by the end of this term, I'm going to have the best ever internship lined up for the summer, because that's not specific or measurable. But you might say, by the end of next week, I want to have decided five websites that might be useful to help me find that internship. By the end of next month, I want to have contacted three alumni through LinkedIn or through our system, or just through the power of networking, speculatively, um, who might prove helpful in helping me find those internships. So give yourself nice, easy targets, because Oxford is already a bit of a maelstrom of thought. And if you can give yourself nice things to tick off your list, it'll make this whole process feel lovely. Um, so some conclusions. You're not pigeonholed. There, I think there are good reasons to be positive. I really, really do. The media saying 85% of graduates are struggling to eat bread because they're so destitute. It's not the case. It genuinely isn't the case. 3% of our students are unemployed. Um, and the first step doesn't define you. So it doesn't mean that what you go into next has to be what you stay in for the rest of your life. Lots of people will meander around. And unlike in things like law, for example, there isn't a path, really. There isn't necessarily a you do this and then you do that kind of feel to lots of jobs that relate exactly to your degree. So you have to kind of be okay with the fact that you make your own path. And it might meander a bit, and that's all right. You have us for life, and so do use us if you need to. So that's it from me.